Hey, Kat, the lead boss here. Thanks for tuning into the Revenue Accelerator. I have Claire Jones here, who I'm a big fan of, uh, especially because of her philosophies as it relates to how to actually build your network, you know, being a human. Uh, so Claire, tell us a little bit more about you and kind of your um, your unique take on marketing, given what everybody else tries to do, but that you do better. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I call myself a small business consultant and strategist. Basically, I help people scale their businesses without burning out in the process because, you know, that hustle mentality is really pervasive in our society and it doesn't have to be that way. (laughs) You know, you can actually have growth and ease and joy at the same time. Growth doesn't have to come at the expense of, you know, suffering Um, And one of those is relationship-based marketing because it shows us time and time again that it's the most effective form of marketing and it actually feels better while you're doing it as well and provides better ROI, return on investment with your time, money, and energy spent. So, yeah. No, totally. I'm a big, big proponent of relationship-based marketing. So, you know, we all have our own ways of kind of, you know, coming into the light. (laughs) getting out of the bro marketing shadow. <laughs> so kind <laughs> yeah. of what was your like aha moment of, you know, I, I want to do it this way and not how all these other people have been doing it or what's really pervasive in the marketing world. Yeah. I mean, it took a lot of trial and error because mm-hmm. I tried all of the other structures first, you know, all of the other guidelines and recommendations that you get from the supposed experts out there. And I hated doing it like, and it didn't provide me with results that I liked either. And I felt salesy and spammy and pitchy while I was doing it. And so I read a lot. This is, that was probably the turning point for me is that I just dove into research about it because I'm a total book nerd. And so I was looking at marketing books that were highly recommended. And we actually looked at the research behind one particular book that I loved is called Fanatical Prospecting by Jim Mm. Blunt. Yep. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. And that I think was what really solidified my love of relationship-based marketing, because he goes into the research behind how many touch points it takes to engage a certain customer or client. And that's what hit the light bulb. I was like, oh, there's research to back this up and it feels better and it provides quality results. And so it just ticked all the boxes for me. Yes, this human approach, uh, you know, I talk about the conversation, I'm sure that you have similar methodologies and in, in how you support your clients, which actually brings me kind of to the question that I was going to ask, because right before I hit the record button, awkwardly in the middle of a sentence, um, you were telling me about how you've shifted the way that you do business uh, based off of kind of this research that you've done and, and working with different kinds of clients. Can you tell us kind of, you know, how you're going left when everybody's going right. Yeah, totally. So at the end of last year, I realized that I needed to change my ideal client avatar Mm. a little bit. And so I set up a rebranding meeting with my brander in January and I was talking her through, I was like, all right, so this ICA is for my one-to-one programs and this ICA is for my group programs and this ICA is for my webinar courses because they're all slightly different at the end of the day. And as she was listening to me, she was like, all right, all right, all right. But do you actually enjoy working with those people? 
and I was like, well, um, way to see into my soul. <laughs> yeah. I was like, way to ask the really hard question. And so that just kind of spun me into what I call an existential crisis and mm. in terms of how, where my business was going, because I was having a lot of trouble filling up my group program and selling my webinar courses, but I was very successful at filling out my one-to-one programs. And I just thought that that was like an ICA problem, but she was like, it's how you're approaching it because you don't actually like working with those people. You're not going to fill those programs. (laughs) And I was like, find a way to sabotage yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And so that's when I realized like, yes, I'm successful in the one-to-one program selling because I love those people. I love connecting with those people. I vibe with those people Mm. and those people, those relationships are predestined almost because we speak the same language. Like that person and me, I sell to me (laughs) and I've gotten really good at developing that particular type of relationship. And that's why I'm really good at filling the one-to-one programs. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of shifted my whole business model because why force yourself to do things that are doomed? (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I really appreciate you sharing that because that's a real thing that happens and it happens at all levels of business, right? Like the existential crisis doesn't happen when you're starting your business out, right? Like, yes, you have a, I don't know what to do kind of situation, fine. But there's definitely, as you progress and work with different clients, people forget that your ideal client actually changes over time because Mm -hmm. you work with different people and you're like, oh, that was a really fun client. Like I'd like more than that. That was a pain in the ass. No, thank you. Like (laughs) let's pull the pieces that we like. So when, when someone's kind of really connected to this, this, this ideal client avatar, right. The ICA, as as you call it, you know, and, and people are refining it. So it doesn't matter whether they're below at beyond, you know, six, seven figures, right. All this stuff. What would you recommend as like that first step when you're really in alignment with that person that you're wanting to work more with? It starts with the connection. Like I like to start the very beginning of my sales funnel is just getting to know that person and setting up that initial conversation and being like, Hey, do we vibe? You know, are we on the same page about stuff? Can we get along? Mm. Because again, we don't want to suffer for the sake of growth. So how can we enjoy the relationships and invest in those relationships over time, because sometimes clients stay in my pipeline for three months, six months, a year. Right. But I just continually invest in those relationships and check in with them and care about them personally, rather than caring about the sale. Because Mm -hmm. I know that if I focus on the relationship rather than the sale, it's more likely to turn into a sale down the road. Exactly. I mean, that's right in alignment with the same philosophies uh, that I believe in and, and think that a lot of people tend to forget. So 
what are some ways that, you know, you see are really effective with, you know, cause we can throw out, yeah, we got to connect and it's like, okay, but you know, with who, or we've got to, you know, build the relationship. Like they, it can feel like buzzwords. So what would be some like tactical kind of straightforward things that people can do when it comes to, you know, building a relationship like air quotes, right? <laughs> sure, sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, always start with the ICA. We always start with who your ideal client is. And I always talk to my clients about what platform to show up on in order to reach that ICA. Mm. Because a lot of people think when I say platforms, I mean social media platforms, but that's not necessarily the case. I also mean networking groups. I also mean newspapers. I also mean magazines, blogs, and having these online review platforms like Yelp and Google and Facebook even has reviews nowadays. And it's about choosing your marketing efforts intentionally based on your ideal client's usage of the platforms. Mm -hmm. And then your time is going to be a lot more productive and you're going to be able to connect with your ICA easier and in higher quality, higher quantity amounts if you show up in those opportunities. And networking time and time again shows us that it has a higher ROI. Yep. And so that's where I always start. Like I'm like, let's just get meetings on the calendar. I have a metric that I try to do every week where I try to schedule three to five networking calls every single week because I know that that's going to contribute to my sales goals because that's just generating relationships down the road. Absolutely. And I think the key part too, is not just, you know, cause you see those people who are just like booking networking calls and, and like, that's it. Like, if they just like, it's like a turn and burn situation of yeah. remember yeah. <laughs> you are connecting, but it is also about maintaining the relationship and not just disappearing because someone yeah. didn't decide to buy from you in the first five minutes. <laughs> yeah. um, so a lot of what you're talking about in terms of like using the platform, you know, that your ideal client is on like very strategically, like show up where they're at. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds a lot like visibility in terms of yes. like keeping front of mind. So what, what factor, what level of importance does that play in terms of not only, um, creating success for yourself, but for your business and maybe even reaching people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, a CRM, you need to start there and you need to track all of your relationships in your CRM because mm-hmm. a lot of CRMs, they think that it's just for clients or customers, like people who are actively buying from you but I use a CRM to track all of my business relationships. Mm -hmm. So I have like 350 contacts in my CRM and it's mostly networking contacts. And I just continually reach out to these people. And if people drop in and drop out, that's fine. But I just make the conscious efforts like on a weekly basis, bi-weekly basis, monthly, and even quarterly basis to nurture those relationships, check in be like, Hey, how you think, how you doing? Right. You know, and especially in the pandemic, it's super yeah. easy. You're like, Hey, are you still safe and sane? <laughs> right? There's a reason to actually reach out and care. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think it's like really important to differentiate the fact that I think what you're talking about too, and as it relates to the CRM, isn't just the database where you maintain your email list, right? This is active 
networking relationships that you're building, not just this is somebody I'm going to send a random email to maybe once a week kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And whenever I reach out to them, I invite them to do a call with me mm. because I know that that's going to be a lot more personal, a lot more connecting, and you never know what you're going to learn about someone when you are on a call with them. And so it's really about caring personally about them and their situation and their life. And that's going to create quality customers for you as well, because they're invested in you. I'm invested in them. It's, it's a great relationship. So what would you say to someone who's like, yeah, that sounds all great and good, but I don't have time. Like I don't have time to have five, 10, whatever networking calls a week and, and to talk to people that aren't ready to buy from me. Mm-hmm. I would ask, what are you spending your time on? <laughs> you know, because marketing should take up a third of your week. Mm. You know, I usually see that it breaks down into thirds, like a third on customer client work, a third on marketing and a third on admin. That's mm. usually how it breaks down. And if you're not spending that marketing time on high producing marketing efforts, then you're kind of wasting your time. I like had to pull out my calculator in a joke and I had to do 40 divided by three just to see um, how much time that was just because yeah. like, like mental math and time zone math are just not in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's like 13 hours a week. Right. And yeah. so if you're talking about like when you're doing these meetings with people, like, are you talking about like an hour, two hours? Like what, what's the wow. time frame for each person that you spend? I usually do 45 minutes because an hour usually I, I, this is just from trial and error as well. Like I used to do an hour and I've done 30 minute meetings. Like a lot of people like to do 30 minute meetings. I've even seen people do like 22 minute meetings, which is like so arbitrary. (laughs) Just just don't be an ass, you know, like, right. And I've just found, yeah, I've like, Yeah, I've just found from experience that if it's an hour long, you kind of run out of things to talk about. Mm -hmm. And if it's 30 minutes, it's too short to get any meaningful conversation in. And so the sweet spot for me is 45. And then that gives me like 15 minutes between meetings to go to the bathroom, refill my water, pet the dog. you know, those other life things. So again, with my complicated math, um, Mm -hmm. divided that number by five and it's about two and a half hours. So, you know, you're looking at, you're saying you're wanting to do three to five a week. You could knock that out in a day basically. Um, and, and just kind of, you know, quote unquote be done. And that's not even taking up the entire day. Um, so where are you seeing people, you know, who are saying that they don't have enough time to do this or to do other marketing activities, right? Cause it seems like a lot of people say that like we're time crunch, especially with the pandemic, where, where are those time wasters? Like what's, what's happening? What's their deal? I spend, I I see a lot of time being spent on content creation Mm -hmm. and specifically like blog writing and video creation. And yes, that stuff is important, but that stuff doesn't lead into relationships. And so I think a lot of people are, this is especially relevant when it comes to people who view themselves as creatives, Mm. because it's that creative process that they enjoy doing, but it doesn't really contribute to results. And so they kind of just have to have a reality check with themselves and be like, what is the purpose of this activity? And is this activity producing the desired results? Mm. 
And you just have to really get clear on that. And I also find a lot of people wasting time on perfectionism as well. That's another time waster (laughs) because I'm a huge advocate for imperfect action over perfect inaction. Yep. Because again, we're all human. We're imperfect beings and people are going to connect with other imperfect beings. Right, right. And so wasting time trying to show up as a perfect being is just going to be counterproductive. (laughs) Like, amen, sister. (laughs) Um, You know, so you talked about, you know, having really desiring to work with a very specific and, and unique audience. Who is that for you? You know, and how can those people find you? Yeah, yeah. It's women-owned service-based businesses that are in growth phases. And so they've typically seen a lot of success so far, but they've reached their limits. They've reached their time limits. They've reached their capacity limits. They've reached their revenue limits with how much they can take on. And there is a huge need for efficiency. Mm. There's a huge need for streamlining, for delegation, for automation, things that make it work smarter not harder. Yeah. Those are my people because I jokingly call it the wonder woman syndrome, <laughs> which a lot of us suffer from, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, um, it's crazy how much women in particularly are socialized to basically, you know, yeah. be told that they, in order for them to be successful, they need to do it themselves. Right. Of this yeah. martyr kind of syndrome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we yeah. all seen faces of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like we should be able to do it all by ourselves. And if but... you don't, then you're weak and yeah. you're nothing. <laughs> yeah. And um, these women believe that they're capable of doing it all, but they just need to figure out how to do it. Yeah. And that's where I come in because I'm the trusted bullshit filter. And I'm like, all right, this is unnecessary. This is necessary. This is unnecessary. Let's streamline this. Let's make this more efficient. So then you actually have more space, time, money, and energy to devote to the things that matter. Beautiful. So um, I know you have something that you wanted to share with everyone. Can you tell them about that and how they can find you? Yeah, totally. So my website is liminalclarity.com and that's where you can see all the information on my programs. I have a three pillar approach. So it's a really holistic view on business systems and business setups because I really want to make sure that all of the pieces talk together Mm. in an efficient way. And we're really talking about building the foundation for future growth because you can't build a skyscraper on the foundation of a two-story house. (laughs) True that. (laughs) Um, Any parting words that you have for anyone listening right now who's kind of like, oh my God, she sees me. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to suffer for the sake of growth. I mean, that's Mm. really what it boils down to is like, you know, that hustle mentality, like you don't need to burn yourself out. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Claire, for joining us today. I really appreciate it guys. If you didn't catch the URL, it's going to be in the show notes. Claire, say it one more time, just in case someone's writing it down right now. Yeah. Liminalclarity.com. Beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Thank you.